Hello and welcome to Gentle Touch. This podcast is a place where people can learn, discover and upscale mentally, spiritually and emotionally. This show is all about breakthroughs so get ready for some good vibes, realness and lots of information. You will be joined by me, your podcast host Alejandra Castro. Some of the shows will be just me and other shows will have guests open up new perspectives and views. My passion is to inspire and educate people who feel stuck. I will show you ways you can improve your overall health by sharing powerful tools that you can implement into your daily life. Let's get started. We have Ayla joining us from Miami. Ayla is a holistic birth guide and educator that draws on a blend of an age on Asian traditions and evidence-based information. Ayla, welcome to Gentle Touch. Tell me about you. Oh, thanks so much for having me. You're Wonderful very welcome, girl. <laughs> well, yeah, you pretty much said it all. Um, I'm also a mother, so I spend a lot of time with my daughter um, here in Miami. We homeschool. It's you homeschool? Place. Yeah. Really? How do you manage that with with everything because your services are 100 you do consultations you're a doula you do birth classes you do a bit of everything how do you manage everything um she's pretty integrated into my world so my work and what I teach and how I live is not really separate from how I parent and the activities that we do together so she joins me for births she comes with me to breastfeeding consultations in home she helps me prepare placentas and that is also part of the homeschooling process right it's just uh, a teaching of skills and an empathy and day-to-day routine girl I I didn't know you you homeschooled this is nowhere on your website or your bio or anywhere (laughs) no no it's definitely not something that I talk about often Uh, definitely not something that I would teach anyone to do it's my own intuitive practice and yeah we spend a lot of time outside because we're here in Miami so we can go to the beach Mm -hmm. we go to the Everglades um, we go to different trails so we're we're outside a lot as well we it's not like we sit down and do lesson plans that's not my type of of homeschool so I'm not concerned with with because because you're you're already a natural given educator do you think everyone has this ability to teach to homeschool I think everyone does. I Mm -hmm. feel that everyone does. I just think that we get caught up on how we think it's supposed to look. And we get really caught up in framework and structure and the more conventional route of schooling. And so then it seems unattainable. Like I can't sit down and do this with my child, you know, because we're just so used to that conventional structure. But if we were to integrate, integrate them into our lives and the way that we do daily activity, I think it would be a lot more fluid for more people. I love it. I love it because you're a role model and because people in your community will see you and you know, the way you raise your child, the way you educate your child. And, and it's, it's amazing that, and we definitely need more people to step up because some people are so scared of the unconventional way of doing things and it's like no but he she 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 and this is how we do it and sometimes it doesn't work like that Ayla what is the role of a doula so a doula is basically an emotional and physical support person during the pregnancy during the birth and postpartum there's also doulas there are also doulas that work with people at the end of their life when they're transitioning really out of out of this body so it's really someone that holds space for transitions And there are all types of doula trainings. I mean, there's doula trainings that are more medical freedom, health freedom based. There are doula trainings that are more about the spiritual components of birth. And then there are like the really technical trainings that are like how to get them through a hospital birth, how to get Mm -hmm. your client through a hospital birth. So there's all, there are all types of approaches. And then I like to think that 
what I do is um, drawing on every component, every every area of support. Oh, so you do a bit of everything within. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that my approach is really like reading what the client needs yeah, yeah. and then offering what I can based on, on their specific situation. I love it. For the people that are still confused and they're like, we love Ayla, but we still don't know what she's talking about because they've never heard of the term. And this, this is why I do gentle touch. I am that messenger that will break things in a sweet way and, and, and have the courage to ask questions because some people will sit in quiet and be shy or be scared sure. for not asking. So for example, the benefits of having a doula. So would you be there present while someone's given birth as well? And then just kind of yeah. hold that space? Yeah. So as a doula, I'm not a medical professional, so mm-hmm. I don't actually assist in delivering the baby. Okay. That's not something, you know, I don't diagnose anything and I don't treat anything I don't take temperature pulse Mm -hmm. uh, I don't listen to the baby so that's a midwife and someone will hire a midwife and then they'll also hire a doula or they'll hire an OB an OB-GYN a doctor and then they'll also hire a doula so that doula is really like fills in the space and bridges the gap for a lot of women and so I'll spend time with them throughout the pregnancy offering guidance and support because I Mm -hmm. really encourage people not to like go searching on Google for things and then at the time of the birth, I'm there and present offering touch, you know, meditation, walking them through breathing. Um, I've gotten to know them pretty well at this point. So I can assist them with any blocks that they might come up against, which is normal, uh, mental, emotional blocks. And then I'm present postpartum, meaning post birth, after the birth, you know, so I assist with breastfeeding and just helping them kind of drop into what it is to have a new baby in their home and contending with all those differences. You know, people think that the birth is the challenging part of this journey. And it's really Mm -hmm. like, when you get the baby home and you're like, you're, you have a new identity. And that can be really shocking for a lot of men and women. You know, um, men seem to think this is like a woman's business and I'm just here offering support kind of from the outside. However, they go through their own transformation. So offering them that support is important as well and part of my work. I love it because it's the truth. What you say is the truth. Every area changes your lifestyle, everything, everything, the responsibilities, everything gets touched in one way or another or or even triggers or just anything. Ayla, tell me about, I saw your socials. I love it because you're so open, you're so sweet, you're so gentle and you provide a lot of information. And not only do you provide a lot of information, you provide evidence-based information like studies. And some people will be like, wow, this girl has it all. I saw a post on Lotus Birth. For yeah. the for for the people that don't know about it, it's it's my first time coming across. Um, I didn't even know what it was. So for the people that don't know it, how could we describe it? Yeah, so we have the baby um, attached to the placenta in the womb, and it's attached by the umbilical cord. And the the placenta, for those who don't know, is a disposable organ. It's an organ that the woman creates in her body at the time of conception. So just like the baby is formed by the sperm and the egg, the placenta is also formed by the sperm and the egg, and it sustains the baby's life throughout gestation, throughout the time in the womb. So after the baby's born and emerges from the mother's body, then the placenta is born. And so if we imagine we have a baby, an umbilical cord, and a placenta, so it's like this trinity, and once they're all out, they can stay attached for however long you want until the cord disintegrates, or you can cut the cord immediately, or you can cut the cord an hour later and you can, you know, separate that trinity. Um, A lotus birth is when you wait, you know, there's like a half lotus, which is like 
you wait an hour to cut mm -hmm. the cord. And then a full lotus birth is when you basically for a few days after the birth, you cover the placenta in salt and herbs, which cures it and keeps it really. Wow. And that's how you keep it from, from festering, right? And and rotting, like any meat. You know, yeah, people yeah, yeah. Cure, cure meat and salt um, all the time. And that's what keeps it preserved. And so you'll, you're kind of curing the placenta and you're waiting for that umbilical cord to just dry out on its own. So that's, it's considered gentle um, energetically and physically. There are no nerves in the umbilical cord. So it's not like it hurts the baby when you mm -hmm. cut it, but it's just like an honoring process honoring that this placenta is the baby's what we call the first mother and that that's really what's been sustaining its life apart from the woman so yeah a lot of cultures do lotus birth wow that's that's amazing but it is a beautiful thing and say for anyone that's more interested on this where could they find like where can it be seen or i i have never had any of my friends educate me or i don't even think they even know that this yeah, is probably not <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing that yeah. you educate us and you post about it because some of us will have no idea. Another thing I saw was you love studies, girl. You get really nerdy into this. I love it. So one of the studies, one of the posts you put was a year after giving birth, 18% of women who had C-sections still had pain at the incision site. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some people might think that's a low number. Um, that's high. However, I think I think that's extremely high. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, I guess anything above 1% is high for this type of thing. So that, yeah, so damage is, damage is caused. I mean, the, the C-section, the cesarean section is a major abdominal surgery. And a lot of women report that afterwards they still have sensation, nerve, you know, kind of like nerve pain, nerve damage around the incision site or in the spine, wherever the epidural was inserted. Okay. Because you get an epidural before yeah, you get yeah, this infection. Yeah. A lot of women that I've worked on, because I also um, practice Reiki, which is a type of energy healing. I used to do it a lot more you know, five, six years ago. Once in a while, I will work, I will work with women who've had a C-section. And when we get to that part of the body. You do Reiki on the incision site? Yeah. And so when we get to that part of the body, mm -hmm. you know, it's not intentional, of course, it's just whatever comes up, comes yeah, up yeah, yeah. in the moment. And many women will just have this, um, like this release, this purge of emotion, you know, they'll recall sensations from the birth, it might feel uncomfortable, you know, and I'm just hovering, I'm not even actually touching the incision yeah, yeah, site. Yeah. And um, a lot will come up from them, mostly memories. And so, yeah, I mean, the study was talking about actual physical sensation. But when I've done this other type of work, I've noticed that a lot of emotional, you know, I've, I've noticed emotional upheaval, really, and, and a release and a remembering. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, that number seems to be a lot higher than actual studies uh, noting yeah, physical yeah. sensation and reaction. Wow, that is that is so interesting. You said that you you don't do Reiki as much as you used to. Why? I'm I'm teaching a lot. Oh, so I you're teach, busy. Yeah, I teach like seven, six to seven classes a week. Mm -hmm. That's too. Um, so that's a lot. That's intense. It's a lot. Yeah, and so as you know, I'm I'm with my daughter, and it's just it's quite a lot. So it it's something that I have to be in a certain frequency for, Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it can happen anytime, anywhere. And I, I can send it from a distance as well. Don't have to be in the room with someone. Um, however, it's just a, it's a frequency that I'm not really in these days. Got it. Got honest. it. No, at least you're being honest because Reiki, I did a course on Reiki, but I haven't practiced it myself, but now I'm gravitating. I had a, um, on my, I had a message like, you know, numbers one, one, one. 
So it said, uh, I've read upon it and it says, you need to start a spiritual practice. And then I was reading my Reiki manuals, but I haven't sat down. So today I, today is a must, like I need to do it. Yeah. Because you learn something, but I didn't go back to it. I didn't practice it. I didn't know how to say it. So yeah. Right. Uh, one thing I loved was counter pressure. And then you had a post on moving baby's head off the sacral nerves. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's a pretty basic technique that I can, I teach anyone and anyone can learn how to do it. There are videos on it in, in labor. So during the birth, when the woman is contracting for however many hours before the actual birth happens, we call that labor. Uh, the baby is descending, right? Uh -huh. So as the baby's descending, trying to make its way out, every time the woman contracts, the baby's head will put pressure on the sacrum, the sacrum yeah. of the mother. And so with counter pressure, if she's on hands and knees, um, you can come in behind and kind of go in and up towards the sacrum. And that actually relieves pressure from the baby's head, uh, from the sacrum that the baby's head is creating. And so it, you know, it, a lot of women I'll spend like, three hours <laughs> in the same spot, just holding that up for her, uh -huh. um, you know, switching off with her husband from time to time, because of course it can be physically taxing on the person who's doing it. But for some women, they just, they need it and they love it. And that really is, is helpful for them. Wow. And then do you teach us in your, in your birth classes? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. love it no this is a must you guys step up the game because honestly it's, it's painful another another post that I saw was the Bradley method technique what is that yeah so um Dr. Robert Bradley he's okay. an obstetrician he was an American obstetrician he practiced all the way through the late 90s and then he wow. passed away but he you know he was the biggest advocate for unmedicated birth lessons. wow he was the only OB really speaking publicly about the dangers of opioids and yeah. all of, you know, the various drugs that women yeah, were yeah, participating yeah. in during childbirth. And he was noticing over time that um, women were having these traumatic experiences, whether they were medicated or not. And so we have this idea and these myths around childbirth and the mm -hmm. pain. And he was like, let's go back to how we were doing things. You know, he grew up on a farm in Kansas and he watched animals being born all the time Aww. and he assisted with these births all the time and that's why he decided to become an obstetrician and so he's like we are also per perspiring mammals like we don't have to be birthing in a bed hooked up to all of these things yeah, yeah. like yeah yeah we can do this just how other mammals do this and so that is how he opened an out-of-hospital birth center he just wanted wow. women to have peaceful pleasant unmedicated births and he saw that they were having better outcomes like they were not being rushed into c-sections they were more connected to their babies after yeah. the birth they had more harmony with their husbands after the birth you know there is something to be said about a man watching his wife or his, his woman you know basically being butchered and abused uh, by the conventional medical system mm -hmm. you know there's something so emasculating about that and not being able to do anything about it yeah, so yeah. when a woman is having an empowered birth and the husband can participate he feels empowered as well because he's protecting her and he's participating and so dr bradley and margie hathaway who was one of his one of his moms that birthed with him they started the bradley method and so i trained in that method um you know eight years ago mm -hmm. and have since developed my own method which is called uncovering birth and i it, it's primarily what i teach is bradley 
However, I wanted to add my own, you know, my own flavor to it. Um, I speak out a little bit more on newborn procedures than the Bradley method does. I talk more about the placenta um, and I talk more about the spiritual components between man and woman during this process or masculine, feminine, whether it's the same sex couple or not, there are always masculine and feminine energies at play in this dynamic. So yeah, Bradley is amazing. And if anyone who's listening to this is pregnant, I would certainly take that class and research that method over any other method a hundred percent and what i'd add to it is just see what works for you because if we don't know that we have these resources that we have that we have people like ayla it's like if we're shown something we're gonna go with it because we don't know where we stand we don't we've never done if you're a mother for the first time it's like we don't know our options we don't know because we haven't done the research so it's Mm -hmm. always i would always encourage self-education go see what's out there you you could never know you could love it and you could it might be the right fit for you but it's like if we don't know we don't know what we don't know right one of your ben uh one of your services i love it um do you do placenta smoothies i do yeah <laughs> i love it i love this this is so good for anyone that's never heard of a placenta smoothie how could we describe it yeah so you're gonna get the most benefits from the placenta like with any food when mm-hmm. it's raw it's the highest nutrition content. Like when you've just picked a fruit or you've just picked a vegetable from source, it has the highest nutritional value. Let's just put it that way. And so the placenta smoothie is offering you the placenta in its raw form before it's been dehydrated, before it's been out for, you know, 24, 48 hours. And so what I do at births is I take a piece of the placenta, usually like a two inch to three inch piece. And I blend that with various ingredients that I find to, you know, that they mask the the more like iron flavor that the the placenta has. It's not pungent. It's not like liver. Some people ask me that. It's really um, just kind of tastes like iron. And yeah, um, yeah. It's, an, it's an amazing way to get the nutrition that you need after the birth, you know, because we lose a lot. You know, we burn a lot of calories. We release a lot of fluid. We also lose blood, plasma. So it's a great way to get that back. And, you know, as soon as the baby's out, a woman's, the woman's body stops producing all of the hormones that she was producing on a daily basis during the pregnancy. So that's why consuming the placenta over time, I have found that it assists because she's getting kind of like this tapering off of Mm -hmm. hormone pregnancies over time. And I have found that that's just a smooth, gentle transition for the woman. I love it. Would it be just for the female or can daddy have some too? Yeah, yeah, daddies, daddies eat it as well. Um, They take the capsules, they drink the smoothies, Mm -hmm. definitely family members participate. It's not like, you know, people say, is that safe? And I'm like, we're consuming animal products from animals I've never met before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. (laughs) It's true. Ayla, tell me about your journey. Like how, how did you end up on this path? Like, did you always know from a child or was you in a different field before? I was in a different field. I've always been peeking behind the curtain. I mean, since I was a kid, I'm always like, what's going on over here? What's going on over here? People would tell me this is the way things are and say, no, I don't, I don't buy it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, and I grew up in a Jewish household and I went to Hebrew school. I went to Sunday school. Really? How was it? it, it, Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a great, great community to grow up in. I was bat mitzvah. I I went through Hebrew high and then confirmation and did my pilgrimage to Israel. And, you know, I, I, I grew up within that structure and I was always blessed to be, have teachers and a rabbi 
who was like, oh, you want to like, you want to go at this? You want to question this? All right, let's go. You know, so I was, I had a very safe space to question everything. And I think that is so important. Mm -hmm. um, so important for children to be given that hundred percent naturally curious. We are yeah, born yeah. curious and that gets dulled and reconditioned over time because we go into these conventional structures that don't want us asking questions because it disrupts the harmony of what that conventional structure offers. So I had, um, I was blessed with that and I studied anthropology and photography in college. I wanted to, ah. I wanted to basically work alongside an anthropologist and document their research. That was- Ayla, what, what is anthropology for the people that don't know? Study of human behavior. Okay. <laughs> from what aspect? Like from a, like, like, you know, like a counseling aspect from a like-, like... Observing traditions, cultures, and behavior over time. So a lot of anthropologists, like their dream is to discover a new people that has not been observed, that has not been okay. recorded, a new type of, you know, a new culture, a new yes. tradition, a yes. tribe, for example. And so anthropologists will also go to what's already been discovered and they'll just research it within their own structure and they'll try to bring light to that. They'll try to illuminate, you know, what that specific community is doing. Um, where was the furthest you've been did you ever go on any like um, like ed any educational or any how do you call it tours or any what's the posh word the, the correct term where you go somewhere else it's as a, it part would be of a study it would be it would be a, an ethnographic study I guess okay. um, you could call it a tour for sure mm -hmm. you could call it field work Yes, um, what? Well, through photography, you know, I started doing that when I was 15 years old. I went to the, I went to CalArts and for a summer program, and that was when I started street photography. Right, okay. street, street photography is a great yeah. way to, to, you know, to enter into that world. And so, you know, fortunately, I was able to travel a lot in my youth, and you know, because of my family. And so, everywhere I went, I had like three cameras, all you know, shooting with wow. film. I didn't have a digital camera until like nine years ago. So always working with film and I just always shot you know wherever I was and details right and habits and people's hands and how people would grab cups and how people would eat and how people would interact and the mm -hmm. way that their mouths moved and it was just a study of human interaction and you know bio biology really and so I went throughout Europe and Latin America. Mm -hmm. um, I spent a lot of the time, a lot of time in the Southwest yeah, um, yeah. in the United States. And I spent a lot of time coming to Florida growing up and I would go out to the Miccosukee uh, Native American reservation and I would shoot there. You know, and the challenge is always documenting what is not what you see. Right. And that's okay. the, you know, in ethnographic photography, like yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. challenge is how do I document this without inputting any of my personal flavor yeah, into yeah. it? Because it's not supposed to be artistic. It's not supposed to be my interpretation of these yeah. people. It's simply supposed to reflect whatever is. And then after college, I somehow segued into commercial photography. I was working at Teen Vogue magazine in New York. And wow. And like, it's like, what am I doing with my life? This is not what I wanted to do. <laughs> and, then, um, and then found my way into birth photography. And, you know, I worked in various areas um, of production, you know, in those few years before I, I began uh, work in birth. And then I did a doula training mm -hmm. and then I certified as an educator. And yeah, I've, I've 
documented a lot. <laughs> I love I love your journey because sometimes when people see you from afar, when you see someone so successful, sometimes we have to try various things to finally figure out our path or whatever yeah. we're meant to go. And sometimes it's not straightforward and you don't land. But you know, sometimes the journey slowly, 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 you're, you're slowly being directed to where you're meant to be. And oh, to yeah, your it's, it's not linear. And uh-huh. I've had a few dark nights of the soul, <laughs> you know, and like so much pressure, right? Like my parents, they supported me through this education journey. And what am I going to do with all these student loans? And it was all for nothing. And now I've completely abandoned this because, you know, there's, there's so many things that can come up mm-hmm. that I've heard from people or, mm-hmm. you know, they meet someone who changes their life and their yeah, perspective, yeah, yeah. and then they pursue a new path. And, you know, I've, I, I know people in my life now who like in their thirties, they're like, yeah, I've been doing this type of work for 15 years. And now I'm going back to school and I'm doing this because this is what I'm called to do. And um, we, this kind of concept of the ladder is, is an outdated structure. And, you know, there's just such an energy of entrepreneurship that pervades our generation. And And it's not easy. Like whoever tells you entrepreneurship, it is not easy, like bringing that bread Mm -hmm. home. And once you do become successful financially, it doesn't mean that because I've had people tell me, oh, yeah, but why you why do you want to change your career? Why do you want to do that? Because once you do make money, you will feel something from within that doesn't satisfy you where it's not your calling where where maybe your time is up right and then slowly you have to start finding your way because it is not meant to be and wherever whatever that is you will slowly gravitate towards it and then like you say it's not linear right yeah <laughs> you're yeah, like yeah girl yeah um Ayla something amazing something amazing for like the education for people that don't know about doulas is uh, you was the doula for Nati Natasha yeah 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 girl congratulations mm-hmm. girl because Thank it you. it's a very big move because like you know Nati Natasha is big she's big in the Latin community like she's a like a singer. she speaks English very good I don't know what I was expecting yeah and it's funny you know because I do speak Spanish as my first language I didn't learn English until I was probably like six seven mm-hmm. and um what did I, you learn started... Spanish in in where was you so my mother lived in Nicaragua okay. for most of her youth yeah, and yeah. my father is you know his Colombian it's it's a very it's the, you're ma- from the mandala of my the, the mandala of my family is like uh pretty colorful but yeah my birth father is from Czechoslovakia formerly, okay formerly known and my father that I grew up with is Colombian and wow. my mother my mother's family is from Spain and Italy but they lived in Nicaragua so my nanny and everyone at home so, so who's Spanish. Jewish like and my mom does- Oh, so yeah, mom so, is okay. Got it. Yeah, her mother is from Toledo, Spain. Her side of the family, uh-huh. and they're 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 all Jewish. And so yeah, so I grew up speaking Spanish, and I went to school you know, in kindergarten, and was like you know just and in and in raised the Jewish way, and then would you have Colombian aspects thrown into it or no? My father, Colombian father, is Roman Catholic, so it okay. was it was a really it wasn't until they separated that okay. we fully embraced um, our Jewish heritage. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Oh, yeah. wow. That's, that's so interesting, but it's, it's amazing because you learn so much and, and oh. you know, you, you absorb so much information and it's beautiful. Um, yeah. So when I went on to the, I did an episode with Nati Natasha uh-huh. and her husband, they, they told me that it was going to be in English. So I was like, okay, cool. And then I got there and they're like, he doesn't speak English. And I was like, okay, let me, you know, let me try. No, but you were so, but, but then when it's airing, is it like just, ca- because obviously you're surrounded by cameras. 
Yeah, there were like eight or nine cameras and we were there for a few hours and it was, I was like in speaking Spanish, Spanglish. And finally her husband was like, just speak English. <laughs> he was like, don't worry about it. He's like, just stop. <laughs> so then they edited it down and it's, uh -huh. you know, whatever, like um, two minutes actually on uh -huh. air. And they just got mostly me speaking English, but yeah, it's funny. I, I've never been under, cause I, I have a lot of Spanish speaking clients and yeah, I work yeah. with clients in Mexico and in Latin America virtually. However, most of them speak some English and mm -hmm. we can do Spanish and Spanglish, but you know, my vocabulary in birth and you know, the medical yeah, vernacular yeah, yeah. is, is not, is not really developed in Spanish. No, but, but it's good because we understand, we understand you either way, girl. Give it to us in Spanish or English. We get there along the way. I appreciate you. No, one thing that was so beautiful was that obviously because Natasha is so big, she has like 38 million followers. And this is so beautiful that you went on because it's like more people are open to you. What is a doula? Like, what are the benefits? How can we learn more? So it's such a beautiful way because yeah. it's like we need to start putting other ways, other views, other, you know, other options right. um, towards um how do we say it? in our birthing what's the right way to say it in our birthing is it birthing plan yeah in our birth plan you know our birth journey our conception journey mm -hmm. it's really a rite of passage for women you know exactly. not all women choose to have children which is fine because you know we we create in other ways that don't have anything to do with creating a baby you know however we want to know what our options are so it's yeah, I think that, that, you know, being working with them and just having her community exposed to the possibility exactly. of additional support. Like, I don't think a lot of people know that even before a hospital birth, you should take a birth class. Like, you cannot show up to the hospital and just expect that the birth is going to go smoothly because you're in a hospital. People hand over that power and oftentimes they end up in a situation or with a traumatic birth that mm -hmm. they weren't expecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, you know? what, what can we expect from, because all my friends now, so I'm 26, so all my friends, um, nearly all of them except two have babies. But to, I'll be honest, I don't think none of them have taken a birth class. I, I have never heard them say to me, but but they do have baby showers. Of course, they have baby showers. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my God. So, so, so what can we, you know, because I want to say to these girls, babes, education is cool regardless. If it's not something you've seen your parents do, if it's not something you see your community, it's okay to right. go to a birth class and try different things. What can we expect from a birth class? I mean, okay, so the buy-in is really, I just want to ask you, do your friends, like, how do they talk about their birth? What, what are the things they say if they talk about it? Well, if, so, so one of my girls, it was traumatic. She goes, babes, like my second baby and that's it, I'm done. Like she didn't have enough time to go to the hospital. So she ended up, her baby was born on the bed. Her husband and her toddler were in the corner scared. Her mom wasn't there. And she goes, babe, the mattress was just flowing. And it was, I was screaming, I was crying. And um, my husband was doing nothing. My, they were just like so scared in, in the corner. Just, you know, so it's like, wow. Okay. Yeah. So... <laughs> It doesn't have to be that way, right? And that's because they had no idea what to expect. And they had had their other baby, I'm sure, in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And it was highly managed, 
possibly medicated. And so she didn't feel those sensations. And the husband is like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to be in those corners staring like hands off. Right. And so in a birth class, if you have a partner, they'll go to the class with you and it'll actually bond you in this really beautiful way. Like if you want to reach another level with your husband or with your boyfriend taking a birth class, is going to a good birth class is going to do that. It's going to unify you. It's going to open you up intimately and potentially sexually, you know, within your your relationship. It's going to build trust, right? Because when you build that trust, you can you blossom. And so I tell people, you know, you're going to reach a new level of intimacy. You're going to understand this process. You're not going to be relying on other people to tell you what to do. And I think especially for like our generation and the one behind me Mm -hmm. I don't know what Mm -hmm. you guys are called Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know you want to have power in over your body and over your decision making like nobody wants to give that up so I I I talk about that and that's usually enough incentive for people to participate in a birth class and also you want to have a really fluid postpartum period and you want to enjoy your newborn everyone's like oh once you have a baby you can't do this you can't go to pilates you can never go out and have a beer again you can never see your friends you're a slave to your child right Mm -hmm. it's like this idea that, that that having a baby's imprisonment you know and that's a whole other deep conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. about like the but the thing is the sad is I've heard this saying and it's like I feel like it's so much heavy energy attached heavy. to those words and it's like you're just you're just throwing that out there like it's nothing and it's like a baby is a blessing right like you don't even know what damage or or what the significance of what you are saying right and yeah they don't it's really unconscious and so what I offer people a good birth class is going to show you how to integrate your baby so that it's not like well this is me as a woman and then this is me as a mother and these are these two separate identities and you know I have to switch back and forth yeah yeah, right if we can just make it be one you know if we can integrate those two identities so it's not so polarized and then you can feel like oh I'm gonna go to this thing you know I'm gonna with my baby or this is how I leave my baby for two hours with my husband and he does this and like you start to understand the you know, the division of labor and energy, and it becomes really beautiful and harmonious. But when we don't prepare for that, we don't even conceptualize it. We don't even know the options. We hit all these walls. We get Mm -hmm. really frustrated. A lot of marriages end. A lot of relationships end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, A lot of people start, you know, participating in infidelity because there's so much pressure in the dynamic Mm -hmm. that they just need to get out and get relief and release. And it's, it's, there's so much that can happen when you don't prepare for birth that we just don't think about. And it's usually not pretty. So I really encourage people to just take a birth class. I mean, it's it's what going to be 10 hours of when, your life. When would you recommend? Like, how does it work? Is it one class per week? Or how, is it like so the my, movies, like like that movie in JLo where she goes to a birth class? Oh, I don't know. I don't know which oh, movie that is. But, okay, okay. Um, yeah, so they're all different. My class is seven weeks and it's okay. 90 minutes every week. And there's Got homework it. in between. Okay. And it's both, you know, both people participating in the birth are there. Usually it's the woman and her husband Mm -hmm. or the woman and her partner or the woman and her mother, if she doesn't have a partner, but there's some, whoever's going to be with you at the birth and participating in the newborn period with you has to be there. I love it. um, There are some like weekend workshops and things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, something is better than nothing, but it's not sufficient. And certainly the hospital class that they do on like a Sunday afternoon for four Mm -hmm. hours, Mm -hmm. that's that I wouldn't even bother. I would not even bother. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Ayla, what inspires you? Mm, what inspires me? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, every, everything I see. My daughter, nature. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I've always been, 
I've always been in a teaching position. So even in high school, I was a teacher's assistant. In college, I was also a TA. I love seeing a problem presented to someone and a solution found. And so I, you know, I, I derive a lot of inspiration from that process. And, and what inspires me every day to keep doing my work is knowing that I can offer some sort of tools or some bridge for people to do that. And I see that happening with my daughter and in observing nature, I see how everything takes care of itself. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I naturally like I have this instinct to want to offer that type of framework for people, right? It's not so complicated. So it's kind of like this decoding and recoding process that, that I feel inspired to work towards. I love it. That's a beautiful answer. What, so on your website, <laughs> on your website, there's so much reading material. There is so much information. What is your favorite book? If if I had to pick any, just one book out of all, because there are girls, there's so many, there's so many books on there. What is your favorite book or what would you just say this is your goal to? Well, if we're talking about birth and mm -hmm. this whole process, I would say that Active Birth by Janet Velasquez is the best one. Like if you're going to read one, uh, it's that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is yeah. it about? Is it, is it just? <laughs> so just... it's, it's, it's basically the emancipation okay. from this conventional system, right? Mm -hmm. So even if you're birthing in a hospital or you're birthing at home, whatever mm -hmm. it is, it's, it's reconnecting you to your body. So you learn how to listen to your body. You learn how to feel into your body. And so many of us are fragmented, right? We're, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not functioning in our body yeah, for yeah, whatever yeah. reason. We have to do certain things to drop into our body, right? We have to take a yoga class to drop in. We have to do exercise to drop in. We have to take pharmaceuticals to drop yeah, in, yeah, yeah. like whatever it is, we have to do things to drop in. And so this for me and, and for the people that I've recommended mm -hmm. it to, it helps you regain that connection just by observation through breathing and through understanding that you are not separate, right? I love your mind it. and body are, yeah, yeah. your mind and body are fully connected. Your thoughts dictate how your body expresses itself. That's a powerful book. It's a powerful person. book. Well, Ayla, what advice would you give knowing where you are now, knowing that the work that you're in, knowing that you're extremely successful. Listen, they wouldn't put anyone on Natty Natasha's show, you know. It goes to show credit I to you and, and for your work because, listen, she's she has 38 million followers. Like, it's a big team behind the whole show, behind the whole operation. You was there, girl, for so many hours. Like, you know the school. So I just want to congratulate you on that. Knowing where you are now, what Thank advice you. would you give to your younger self? Oh my God. To my younger self, mm -hmm. um, I would play more. I spent a lot of time like with my nose in books and yeah. worrying. I spent yeah, a lot yeah. of time worrying yeah, yeah. about um, being self-sufficient. And, you know, everybody has different childhood yeah. woundology, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I know that that was mine, was being completely self-sufficient. So knowing that everything unfolds how it's supposed to, as God yes. intends, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I, I would just say, play a little bit more, worry less. I love and, it. Yeah. Just spend more time I, tapping into your intuition. A hundred percent. I love it because knowing me, I'm actually now trying to go with my intuition because mm -hmm. before I was a control freak, I was like, I would worry. And sometimes <sighs> it's like, you have to let go and things will develop how they are meant to be. And yeah, Ayla, tell me about you. Tell me about your services. So I teach 
classes virtually and in person, private and in groups. Um, I also do one-on-one -on -one sessions. So if you're planning to get pregnant or you are pregnant or you've just had your baby, like whatever point you're at in this journey and you just want to access more information and kind of see what framework you want to create, mm -hmm. we can do that together. And then of course I offer doula support. And I'm doing that a lot less now, but I, you know, just because I am primarily teaching and I also train doulas and, you know, if anybody wants to add that to their practice, I've trained chiropractors, I've trained nurses, wow. I've trained anyone who just wants to add that, you know, maybe they have a family member who's going to have a baby and they want to have doula training. So that how long is the really... training for doula? So the training is six weeks. Six weeks. Uh, how many, like, how does it work? Is it one session per week or how does yeah, it? Yeah, it's a session per week. And then after we complete the live sessions for six weeks, we then have a mentoring program. So for a year after that, we can continue working together. There are some requirements before I give out a certification and people can take as long as they want to during, during that mentoring mm -hmm. process. But yeah, after the six weeks, you should be pretty prepared to offer that space for, you know, to hold that space for someone. And then of course I, I prepare placentas, I encapsulate placentas um, and I teach about placentophagy, the art of placenta preparation. I love it, that's beautiful. Where because, oh, I was gonna, my mind just went blank. I was gonna ask something. What was I gonna ask? <laughs> oh no, this has never happened before. I was gonna ask something and my mind went blank. Mm. Was it meant to be asked? I know, right? My mind just went like, why? And then, Salado. <laughs> I know, like, girl, none of that. Okay, cool. So we have your services. Anything, anything we can, uh, would you ever do, do you do conferences? I do, yeah. yeah. I've spoken at a few events and I love, I mean, I love, I love to teach. I love to speak. And on this topic, you know, if it's offering at least one person some sort of discovery process, you know, within their journey, then yeah. I love it. Yeah. Would you ever write a book? I would. And I am working on one right now. I hope you do. I can't wait. Do we know for when it will be released or you're just writing kind of like just putting it together so that when you are ready, you'll release it? Yes, I've been working on it for the last year and you know I'm the kind of person that's like I could work on this for the rest of my life so I'm going to hopefully in the next year and a half it'll be complete and what I am launching before that mm -hmm. uh, February 1st is my online class and it's pre-recorded so now they won't be my classes won't be live I'll do maybe two live classes a year and two live classes a year wow yeah, but now you can go on, you'll be, be able to go on the site and purchase mm -hmm. the class and do it at your own pace. What, what will you do with this extra time? Would it be family? Um, Would it be other things? Yeah, just spending more time with my daughter. That's very beautiful and that's very special because it's like we don't know how quick time goes until we see our baby grow up. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 So spending more time with her, working on the book and and going back to school. I want to, you know, keep keep training that's um, good on you girl good on you book and in socials how do we connect with you how can we say hey i'm on instagram mm -hmm. ayla cuenca birth i also mm -hmm. have a telegram channel yeah um for those on telegram there i can interact as well with the audience and i do put out more like controversial subject matter from time yeah. to time on yeah, telegram yeah, yeah because instagram does take down many of my posts yeah <laughs> And then, of course, through my website, you know, so there's always a way to contact me through my website and 
I'd love to speak. You know, whoever has questions, like if you just want to ask a few questions, like we could always do a 30 minute call, you know? So whatever it is, I do mentoring as well. So for other doulas or birth workers who are trying to get the more like financial structure of their business off the ground, you know, trying to figure out how to break into the local market where they all are how to connect with midwives, doctors, all that. So I, I do those discovery calls. That is amazing. So you act as a business mentor as well. And what I loved about you was the template. You have a sample template for other doulas and um, kind of saying, can't remember at the top of my mind, but it was very special because you, you act as an educator, but it's like you will mentor someone as well because you go to some places and people are very, their information, they want it to themselves, but you're yeah. not like that. So yeah, I, I, I do, I, I make a lot of effort not to be in a scarcity mentality in any aspect of my life. And so I think when people are really guarded with that type of information, mm-hmm. it's a scarcity mentality. They're, you yeah, know, yeah. they're worried that whoever they're teaching is going to yeah, like yeah, come yeah. up above them or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. And I don't, I don't carry that. It's all about empower, empowerment. You know, it's, what I offer, what I give, it's never going to be the same as what somebody else offers or gives. It's like, it's so unique to each person. Exactly. My goal is, my goal ultimately is for everyone to feel emancipated from any kind of like self-imprisonment matrix that they've created, you know, and that's what it is. And that's a very special thing. One post that really touched me that I made note, uh, the home filtration system with fluoride. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's good, isn't it? Like, I didn't know about this. It's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Our water, we have to pay a lot of attention to the water we're we're drinking, we're cooking with, we're putting on our body. You know, there are a lot of people who get really, like, and I definitely have, you know, people that I know in my life that Mm -hmm. are like, oh, there's EMFs everywhere, these electromagnetic frequencies, Mm -hmm. and I can't go here, and I can't do this, and I have to get these blockers, and I... Mm -hmm this water you know it's like I I can see how it can become very extreme and almost create a neuroses around exposure yeah yeah Um, yeah. you know and that's not what I'm saying just saying like be conscious because if you have you know certain a certain buildup of toxicity in your body and you're trying to figure out where it's coming from because you're doing all the right things you're eating well you're exercising you're going to the sauna you're sweating however you're drinking and consuming garbage water that's you know you're gonna undo every other effort that you've exactly exactly and it's so good because you touch on everything and it's you're like a fountain of knowledge which is amazing you're I'm so grateful I was able to that you was part of gentle touch today thank you so much for having me I've I've loved talking to you Ayla thank you so much Ayla you have dance moves I was out soaking up all this information and then I see you dancing did, did you take dance hall classes? So I, I danced, so in the last year, I've danced my whole life okay. and I took a break for about 10 years. And mm-hmm. so it's about two years ago, I started yeah. doing African again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brazilian samba, Afro beats, dance hall, twerking and reggaeton uh-huh. and pole dancing. And so pole I, dancing. Do, I do, yeah, I do, I do it all. And um, I, yeah, I have a quiet account that's just dancing oh Uh, bless you (laughs) is it just for you or private for my friends or or, or, or from my group there are 30 people there's a there's a pretty um pretty tough bouncer at the door but some people some people get in um but I highly recommend looking into you know if you want to tap into that connect with intuition kundalini yoga and dance um really really powerful thank you for sharing those 
those golden nuggets. I look forward to talking with you again, doing a part two at some point. Ayla, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being you. Thank you so much for being a gentle soul and being that fountain of knowledge for everyone because you share so much on your Instagram and, and just like, I just went, there's so much information. So it's like yeah. anyone that can gravitate towards you will leave with something. Could it be like without health, breastfeeding, your services, books, just information and thank you for being so open and working outside that element of scar um uh how, how do we say my english has gone scarcity uh scarcity, scarcity. yeah Scar- yeah. scarcity american <laughs> because sometimes we some people hold on so tight but it's like the more you let go the more yeah. you give out it will come it will return in in unexpected ways so i just wanted to say thank you for being you and 100 percent like we will yeah, do thank a part you two. Thank you for being a bridge for so many people. This is I such know. an amazing project. And and I want to say, lo que Dios quita, Dios pone, right? So whatever God takes away, God replaces. That and gave so me that's, shivers. That's what we have to remember all the time. Releasing is such a beautiful practice. It's an abundance. To release is an abundance practice. Thank you so much. <laughs> what? Who doesn't have any Babe, because if it's like Netflix, I'm going to be hooked. Like, perfect, girl. Thank you for your time. Have a beautiful day, Ayla. Thank you. you. We'll talk with you soon. It's, it's been very special. Bye, sweetie. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and found this podcast useful. If you did, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening and joining Gentle Touch. I'll see you in the next episode. Want to get in touch? Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. Link is in the description. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're on. Stay tuned and keep listening. Much love.